Hi everyone and welcome back to the Supply Chain Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to come back every Friday for new episodes featuring leaders in the supply chain. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Katya Hall, Director of Enterprise Analytics at McKesson Corporation. For those who don't know, McKesson is a global healthcare company with the responsibility of pharmaceutical distribution in supply chains, health IT systems and care management tools. So it's going to be a really exciting podcast and very on topic for the past year, which are topics we're definitely going to dive into today. So firstly, Katya, can you please just introduce yourself? Obviously, thank you so much for coming on. And if you'd like to tell us about your job role and kind of what you manage at McKesson. Sure. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me on. So uh, I work in enterprise analytics as part of McKesson Technology, and uh, we work um, across a variety of business units in McKesson, solving a variety of business problems through the power of data and analytics. And um, we uh, focus on primarily um, descriptive, prescriptive analytics, um, dashboards and visualizations, as well as artificial intelligence and machine learning. So it's kind of runs a gamut of technologies, anything that can help our business operate more efficiently. And I am responsible for managing uh, the use case portfolio across enterprise analytics. So making sure that we're shaping projects in the best, most beneficial way possible and that we're working on the right things, prioritizing the right objectives for the business, and that we use the best technology to execute these projects. We see them through completion, and we um, also quantify and record the value of the projects, of the use cases, to make sure that our investments into technology and analytics are really paying off for the business, um, and they really are, <laughs> thankfully. So um, it's, it's a happy story of quantifying the the, the revenue and the savings that we're able to offer to our customers and patients through the increased intelligence that we find in, in uh, these models and data. So um, that, that's a part of, um, of my role. And the other part of my role is to really specialize in execution of this work in the supply chain space. That's why I'm excited to be here. I think it is the most exciting space to be in a supply chain and um, the, the complexity of the problems and the opportunity therein. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for running us through that. And um, it kind of sets us up nicely for what we're going to talk about today. But before we dive into that, I always like to ask, um, what got you involved in the supply chain? And um, as well, what keeps you on your toes about it? What makes you excited to be be in the industry? Yeah. So it was an opportunity that was offered to me by our uh, chief analytics officer. Um, I really wanted to get to know McKesson business. I was uh, new to McKesson at the time. And I, um, uh, I found this opportunity within the supply chain COE center of excellence to um, really get closely acquainted with the, the problems. And I found them to be the most fascinating and, and juiciest because these are the folks who put product in boxes, put them on trucks, they ship them out, the, uh, the drugs that go to patients. And if we could make their lives easier, if we could make that whole operation more efficient, we can ultimately save um, money for patients and for our customers. And I think that's that's where the greatest opportunity lies. So you're talking about the beating heart of, of McKesson is that where um, where the, the real magic happens. So that, that was really attractive to me. 
Definitely. And uh, a topic I'm, I'm kind of curious to jump into now is kind of talking about the past year. Um, and obviously with the COVID pandemic, um, everybody within the supply chain got a complete shock um, with the you know, vast disruption that, that did happen across every aspect and tier of the supply chain. So I'm kind of wondering if you could um, break it down and let me know um, what you've seen to be the biggest uh, kind of challenge and difference um, over the past year within the supply chain industry as a whole? So last year, I think, was a shock to the system. I think we we can all agree on that. Um, uh, you know, in, in March of 2020, we none of us knew what hit us. And um, it, I think everyone has, has had a rough year. But in supply chain specifically, um, we became news headlines very quickly with you know, first personal protective equipment, then the Russian hydroxychloroquine, then remdesivir. Um, we had to step up and make things happen where um, supply was spotty and um, the shipping channels were affected, um, manufacturing was affected, um, everything was affected, and we had just to, to step up and, and make the best of what we could, working with federal government and um, and partnering at, at every level. So we have learned from that um, is that we, we really need to step up our data game. Um, honestly, we need to bring more transparency into the whole process from, from end to end, supply chain from upstream, supply disruptions all the way to, uh, to patient care to understand what is the true supply and what is the true demand and shining the light on that, being very granular, very incremental, um, now that we have big data technology, we can come to that transactional level and shine a lens with great, you know, high definition to see what is truly going on. Um, our, our customers are placing um, orders five times, ten times their normal volume, um, thousand times sometimes. Um, you know, there were some crazy weeks in April of 2020 where our demand just skyrocketed. How much of that is real? How much of that is people stockpiling? How much of that is just panic demand? You know, um, trying to understand that through data, we, we've learned a lot from the last year how to really parse through it and how to um, protect our customers and, and to, to partner a lot closer throughout supply chain. I think that still um, there is a lot more transparency that can be added into supply chain to really understand where are the soft spots, where are um, the, the, the linkages that we all depend on. But something like a crisis like that really brought that to the surface and, and made it very apparent. Absolutely. And I think that's really interesting, actually. Um, on the topic of data, I want to ask, at which point within the supply chain is leveraging data the most effective? And what are the key benefits of this? I think it's end to end. I think it's it's really throughout. And in supply chain, we focus primarily on the problems around. So there's inventory optimization, um, there is transportation optimization, and then there's operations, pick back ship, DC optimization, there's labor, there's operations optimization. And there are benefits throughout. So with inventory optimization, you really want to understand um, supply risk, right? So is there going to be a supply disruption? If, if we can do that, we have machine learning algorithms that have really, we've deployed, we've been using them for over a year now. They can tell us with 95% accuracy and precision when something is about to be supply disrupted, 
we can see it in the data. We can see a pattern in our purchase order activity that can tell us, hey, this item is going to go supply disrupted. Um, what we can do is then we can order up and be ahead of, of uh, the market and we can protect our customer base um, and provide product when no one else can. So that's one benefit right there. On the demand side, the same thing. There's a risk of demand. Uh, understanding the true needs of our customers because we uh, have the data on patient dispense and it's aggregated, de-identified data, but we can see where the product is going so we can be careful to ensure that the, the patients get the product at the right place at the right time. So with COVID, it was it had a very regional, very geographic nature of how disease was moving throughout the states and it started in Seattle, then it went to New York. So um, if we can anticipate where the next spike is going to happen, if we can send product there, we can be ready. We can um, make sure that more patients get the, the medicines that they need, the inhalers, you know, critical care drugs and, and things like that. So um, it's been very beneficial for us to, to lean into data and, and understand. With transportation, we have been able to aggregate, again, end-to-end visibility from our couriers, from uh, our large carrier partners. We're able to bring the data together and find new efficiencies and savings, um, as well as any problem areas where we can improve our on-time delivery, really aggregating everything. And um, it's, it's unprecedented. It's something that also resulted from our work over, over last year with COVID, with vaccine distribution, we've had to build new things and accelerate so that we can now use them in day-to-day -day and benefit from that for our regular operations. Yeah, and I've spoken to um, a lot of people, obviously, on this podcast and um, kind of leaders in the supply chain, and they've very much hammered down the idea that um, COVID was a catalyst for innovation and for new technologies and kind of leveraging these emerging technologies. So moving on to that slightly, um, I'm wondering if you can kind of um, tell me which technologies have we seen be the key innovators over the past year? It's not, not new in the past year, but we've really leaned into cloud computing and cloud database. So being able to have high-scale distributed computing, aggregate exorbitant amounts of data, like I said, all of the transactional patient data, delivery individual package delivery data is very heavy. We're talking billions and billions of rows every day. You have to be able to store it somewhere centralized um, and, and be able to crunch through it quickly so that the insights are more real-time. So we have some of the data updating every 15 minutes so we can catch things that are going off the rails, so to speak, if we have a high-value um, package going in a truck and uh, all of a sudden it's um, there's a weather event and it's going to arrive late, we want to be able to act on it right away. We want to intercept it. We want to reroute it, do something. So um, that kind of um, technology allows us to do that. So um, like I said, um, cloud databases, um, being able to feed data into those databases in a more uh, real-time setting has been critical for us. Um, being able to st stand up algorithms uh, quickly and uh, build models, uh, join several algorithms together to really optimize and predict outcomes has been really helpful for us. Uh, we use visualization tools. They need to be clear and attractive and uh, catching the eye of the business user, drawing their attention to the problem quickly. And so visualization has been really key for us. Um, I think that's, that's all I can think of, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot, right? There's a lot of things um, that technology have had played a huge role in over the past year. And it, it's, it's really exciting. And it's a topic that everyone seems super keen to talk on. Um, and I'm wondering if you could kind of discuss maybe machine learning algorithms here. I know um, this was an interest of yours and um, something that I think over the past year, people have definitely been talking about more. And on this podcast, a topic has definitely arise and kind of um, machine learning kind of in cohesion with data and how these two work together um, successfully, essentially. Absolutely. So um, supply disruption is one example where machine learning has been very successful for us is we have an ensemble model that um, looks, um, so it's a machine learning um, algorithm that looks at a pattern of purchase order data and um, it examines um, the patterns of disruption and it looks forward, um, I think it's eight to 10 weeks ahead, uh, picking up a pattern that something will uh, become supply disrupted. And we've built on that algorithm and required additional models to keep increasing that accuracy all the way to 95%. So then we found that um, if one product is supply disrupted, it can actually predict several other products that will go supply disrupt disrupted after a period of time. So we were able to add that enhancement. And then now we're starting to look at uh, what are some of the external risk factors to supply other weather events, other shipping disruptions like that ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal, for example. Um, is that something that we can quickly capture from the environment? Maybe we scrape it off the web and feed it into a machine learning algorithm um, and, and that can become an additional predictor, maybe giving us a little bit extra lead time. So we're definitely exploring those external risk factors. So that's one example. Um, another example of something that we have done is um, uh, we have a team that focuses on cash flow optimization. So in distribution business, it's very important to get your cash flow just right um, and making sure because a lot of product flows through through our system, can we make sure that we have the right cash on hand, that we don't have to go for commercial paper and borrow? So being able to have kind of state-of-the-art predictive algorithms that can always tell you what's coming in, what's going out, and what, what your cash position is going to be on any given day, that's been really critical for us. And our um, uh, data scientists have really built some fantastic algorithms that have improved accuracy over the last couple of years where our, our business is becoming increasingly more confident that they can start placing bets and releasing cash that they can invest or, you know, not, not spend money on borrowing so that that's been really successful. And one more that I'll highlight is on the demand forecasting um, side where we're actually um, taking into account probably a dozen of different data sources um, from, from past demand to seasonality to different contractual values that flow into it, supply, and there's such a variety. And now we have the technology to, to do that, to bring so many data assets together into one view and create the demand forecast model that beats in accuracy anything that we previously had. So um, when you have that kind of accuracy, you can start communicating with suppliers in, in different ways. You can have a very interactive conversation with them and say, look, here's what our model is telling us we're going to need in the next month or two months even with great accuracy. So can you commit to that? And we actually form that uh, binding commitment with our uh, suppliers. So 
because of the accuracy of the model, we're able to hold them accountable to that level of supply. And, um, and that enables us to better serve our customers in turn and, and our patients. And, um, and that's, that's been a life changing for us as well in the last year or so, how um, we're making significant improvements and difference there in, in improving supply through machine learning. Yeah, and something I kind of wanted to touch on is um, thinking at what stage we are right now, kind of um, coming out of COVID slightly, uh, I should probably mention in the UK, our vaccine, you know, vaccine distribution has been, you know, insane is basically the word to put it. Um, you know, most of our adults, I believe, have had both doses now, which is super exciting. Um, so we're kind of in this recovery stage um, coming out of covid you know, in these, in, in hopefully in America as well. Um, so thinking about that and that, uh, like predictive data and analytics, um, how is data analytics kind of used in this current stage, thinking about, um, you know, the future and what's next and the next stages for the supply chain? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the learnings from, from the COVID pandemic have been vast and transformative for us. So some of the things that we have gained as a capability in the data realm is, for example, uh, detailed and real-time package tracking aggregated um, in a way that enables that end-to-end visibility and even predictive capability. We have um, very talented data scientists who actually just filed a patent um, where they can predict using that um, the predictive model if a package is going to be late even before a carrier tells us that it's going to be late because it, it can be um, critical for a patient waiting for uh, a treatment or something that needs to be refrigerated. If it's late, that could be a problem on the receiving end. So uh, something like that definitely emerged from, from vaccine distribution, uh, from that necessity that we're happy to retain as a capability and our business partners are deploying that in their day-to-day operations. Uh, improved data sharing with our uh, variety of partners, suppliers, and shipping vendors. Um, when, when we share data, we can um, better operate together as a cohesive supply chain, um, sharing data more real-time, whereas in the past it may have been email, FTP side, EDI. These are less efficient than the, the opportunities that we have now. They're more real-time and very seamless where we can be looking at the same source of truth together and working out the same uh, note sheet basically with, with our partners. So that has been um, a really great uh, advancement of, of capability. So the demand forecasting um, uh, muscle also has grown through the pandemic, uh, through the, the tough lessons of last spring. Uh, we are now able to leverage quite a bit of that uh, patient dispense and claims data to have really strong signal of true demand, true uh, patient need that can help drive and predict our demand. Um, and, and then just being able to visualize our distribution operations on, uh, in every way possible from, uh, from shipping operations to, to demand to to performance of individual distribution centers, um, benchmarking them against each other, and, and just um, being able to have a much much stronger kind of a mission control view of, of everything that's going on through data. That, that's been a great learning for us. 
yeah, and following on from that kind of learning and um, obviously everybody can take some time now to look back in, in kind of retrospect about what we've learned and how we handled it. I'm wondering if you could kind of tell us um, in your kind of leadership position, what did you learn from COVID just as an individual and kind of managing teams and working remotely? Oh, that's a great question. Um, in some ways, it, it brought us all closer together because um, we we had to unite behind a common ca cause of um, getting drugs to patients at this critical time. So it's been uh, a very mission-driven year, very fulfilling um, between uh, critical care drugs and PPE and vaccine distribution. Um, we have really bonded as a team on, on this journey. But at the same time, I think the pandemic took a toll on everyone's work-life balance and mental health. And um, we as leaders have learned that uh, we need to be very cognizant of, of that, that everyone has a hard time stepping away from their desk at the end of the day. And, and we really need to help each other to disconnect, to unplug, to take time, personal time, take vacation time, recharge batteries, because uh, if we're all burnt out, uh, then we're not bringing our best selves to work. Uh, we're leaving our creativity somewhere else. And so um, I think that's become front and center for us as leaders that we need to um, pay more attention to, to that personal aspect uh, of, of work-life balance and, and keeping people healthy uh, in every way. Yeah, definitely. And as a final question, I'm kind of curious if you could wrap everything up for us and let us know the key technologies you are most excited about and that you think will kind of pave the way for the future of the supply chain. You know, one thing that we're starting to look at, um, well, there's a few things we're looking at. One thing uh, that's really intriguing to me is converting unstructured data like video um, into optimization opportunities. So converting video into structured data. So having a digital set of eyes throughout the distribution process and uh, finding inefficiencies in the process. I'm not even talking about um, humans. Again, you know, hum humans are humans. Talking about machines that could be um, causing inefficiencies throughout the process. Um, so we have distribution centers that are highly automated but um, there can still be remaining inefficiencies in how things are done. And um, having this video technology that can spot those inefficiencies before a human eye can and predict things, um, problematic things happening or finding opportunities to continuously improve, that was very intriguing. So that's something uh, we're starting to really lean into and explore. Um, and another opportunity would be uh, something in the contact center operations world. Uh, where uh, we can focus on the customer experience better, uh, where we can really understand uh, what is customer's interaction like with McKesson every step of the way. Um, contact center is one, and then interacting with uh, McKesson portal. What does that experience look like? How can we really put our best foot forward and give the customer what they need in the least amount of time with the least friction um, so that they they can get the drugs that they need for their patients. Um, I think I'm very intrigued with some of the technology that's becoming available in that space, and I think we can do a lot of 
um, a lot of good with that. Yeah, definitely. And that's amazing. Thank you for that. And I guess just um, to kind of end things, is there anything else you wanted to add or just uh, to say to our listeners uh, that are listening along with us today? I would say that um, I'm really excited about um, uh, the future of um, of what artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, can introduce into supply chain. I think we're just scratching the surface and the opportunities that we're starting to discover are really endless. And um, I would say to supply chain executives, talk to your uh, analytics and your innovation partners and um, chase after those opportunities today because um, that's that's really the way to improve your customer experience and, and compete today because uh, otherwise you'll be left behind. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Katya. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, I've enjoyed our conversation. I think everyone listening will, will definitely agree that there's been a lot, a lot of value learned here. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I always like to kind of end the podcast and say that um, we hope this has been entertaining and given some value to everyone listening. And don't forget to kind of interact with us on LinkedIn and keep this conversation going because it's a really exciting space to be in, like Katya said earlier. Um, the supply chain is, is definitely growing and we've seen that over the past year. So uh, yeah, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next episode.